Today's episode of WARP is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you, with indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home. We're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. It's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Welcome to the latest edition of WARP in Cincinnati. Paul Junior, Chief Trent Rose, Trent of the Athletic, are here with you. Trent, how are we doing? Good. You know, this this good as can be expected. As yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're doing doing as good as we can. Uh, a lot of uh, content up on the Athletic right now. If you are interested, it's may not be games, but there's been a a lot of fun stuff that has been written uh, and, and, and interesting looks. Not just, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia circul- circulating out there, both on TV. I, I was kind of taken aback. I, I've been binging The Wire. Uh, oh, yeah. We talked about this last time, right? Yeah. And so, like, I, I haven't really turned on the regular TV much. I'm always on the, like, I, I you know, I haven't gone over to cable. Every once in a while I flip over and, like, I'm always amazed at what people are pulling out of the woodwork. Like, it's just the amount of stuff that's putting, I mean, it has to be, but it's just, it's, I'm always, like, amazed, you know, what's going to be, what's it going to be this time? Uh, how much people are, are tapping into the nostalgia thing. There's a lot of that, but there's a lot of other good stuff up. Up too. There's I, I've been pretty impressed as as always with with what's up on the site right now. Yeah, no, there's some super cool stuff. The uh, the one about uh, three year Letterman cracked me up. Yeah, I don't know much about three year Letterman. Um, did you ever follow a Dad Boner on Twitter? <laughs> I I did not. Three three year Letterman is kind of the SEC version of Dad Boner. Which doesn't mean anything to you if you've never followed Dad Boner on Twitter. Or it read makes his me book. uncomfortable. I read his book. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it's yeah, a, it's well, basically like a parody uh, Twitter account, which I'm usually against. But Three Year Letterman's pretty great, especially when uh, you know, like the president uh, I think responded to him once or something. Wow. Mm. How about that? Uh, there is. There's a really cool story up on uh was it Levi Weaver did it on the three oh, organists. Yeah. yeah. The three organists sort of on the front line. I've known this I've known John Trudy for a long time. Um the Reds organist, uh who's also a firefighter here, and he's one of the three that are are a part of the story. It's a, a really cool piece on, you know, sort of connecting the baseball world with the you know, the Tra- the tr- you know the the crazy front lines happening right out there right now with coronavirus so a really really good read from Levi yeah no fantastic he uh, kind of messaged uh, Lindsay Adler and I earlier this um, earlier or I guess last week and was just like 
hey, how uh, do you guys know how to get in the in 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 touch with these people? And it was like, yes. So no, it's such a cool one and and um, really cool, awesome, awesome story in all three, and especially on John Shooty, who's uh, such a great organist, does such a great job there at Great American Ballpark, and it's um, he does much more important things than play uh, the violent films at Great American Ballpark, but I do appreciate that every time. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, people don't know that he's also he's part of Rusty Griswold, which people anybody who's been to a church festival. Uh, in Cincinnati or been to their rusty ball, they've done at the convention center. Uh, he's, he's a part of that group, uh, and then does the organ and also is a, you know, just full-time firefighter on the front line. So, I mean, a, a really an incredible dude, but honestly, I'm glad he got uh, some of the shine there. Speaking of, uh, Rich Linville, who does the scoreboard stumper in the scoreboard room, also same room with, with John Shooty. Uh, and, and you wrote that story. When did I, you write that story? Uh, last summer, I wrote it last summer. It was yeah, so fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he he's an incredible dude. Uh, he's a, just an absolute. He's a he's a baseball wizard. I've never met anybody who with with the kind of history, the game knowledge, as uh as rich. He's always on the scoreboard stumper. Well, right now, while there aren't any, he's basically putting out classic scoreboard scoreboard stumpers. Um, every day you can, you can follow him. I retweeted it. So if you follow me at Paul Diner Jr., you can, you can see that or, uh, at he's scoreboard rich, um, on Twitter. Um, he's putting out every day a classic scoreboard stumper from that day and then later tweeting out, uh, what the answer was. So you may not be a great American ballpark, but you can kind of get that feel for everybody that loves the, the scoreboard stumper. Um, there's just a lot going, uh, Ken Rosenthal is a story sort of kind of on what the league is considering. Um, Joe Posnanski's series continues. Is down to it. H- Hank Aaron today, number four. His he's been counting down, writing uh, incredible pieces on the top 100 baseball players. There's only a few more left. Um, so that's all the stuff that's up there right now. But what's also up there we want to talk about today, uh, and that is the state, the the the, the Cincinnati Reds fan survey. You may have seen it. If you haven't seen it, I hope you go fill it out. If you're a Reds fan or ever been to a game or whatever, um, or not, or not, or if you just want to just try to mess I mean, with the results, or no, I mean it's not all about going to the game. I mean, there's stuff. If you're listening to this, you yeah. have an opinion on this. Yeah, you're allowed. You're definitely allowed. Um, Anyone really runs allowed. the it runs it runs the gamut though it's it's not just about players it's not just about front office it's it's about game day experience it's about it's about every, really every aspect of being a reds fan so it, it, we are going to kind of go through it a little bit question by question ish um and and kind of just talk through them a little bit from our point of view and uh see where we end up um some of them, I don't know. I mean, some of them we'll spend more more time than others. I feel like we'll spend the most time on tubed meats. Don't we all? Don't we always spend don't a lot of time all. on tubed meats? Yeah, we do. Uh, let's start with question number one. How many questions is there? Is, they're not numbered here. So what did it end up with? 20? Is it about 20? I, I think it's 20. Let me see. That sounds right. Ish. I feel like, I feel like it's a, it felt like a 20 question quiz. It probably took, I mean, depending on how much it, time there you is really 30. devote to it. Sorry. 30. Yeah, you can, you can crank through it in five minutes tops. Um, oh yeah. It, it less than that if you, you know, just are just kind of cruising. So let's, let's go through it. How confident are you about the 2020 Reds, Trent Rosecrans? Um, One, not at all. Five, very confident. 
Three. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, no, I mean, that's more than meh. I mean, like, my, my question is, is I just don't know if they're... I don't know. I think this division can shake up in many different ways. I am, um, by nature, a little conservative when it comes to um, predictions. So that is there. I will say the majority of, as I look at it on Monday at 2.16 p.m., we have uh, 1,469 responses, uh, which is nice, man. Um, really good to have that many. Um, and I would say the, let's see, let me do a little bit of quick math. About 78% are at this point, uh, are more confident than I am. Yeah. It's always been more confident until they start failing, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's <laughs> like, part of it, but I, it's but like, like everybody loves the, everybody loves the new player if it's failed somewhere else. Cause you haven't seen them fail yet. <laughs> yeah, I up. think I still think this would be when you're saying, what did I say? 78. So yeah. 78 plus another 20 is 88. Uh, so about um, 87.5% would be a, less than a three or more than a three or more. So yeah. I think that would be greater than most years. I, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's definitely more than it has been in a long time. I, I had, I had a, I, I put it down as a four. Um, Mark it a four, I, I, dude. Well, you know what? I moved it. I, I marked it four because I moved it from three to four on the when I started thinking about a short season. I like. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I think I, that's a good point. I like their setup in a short season because of their rotation. What you can count on, less chance of injury there, where you could be in theory wheeling those five guys out every night. Um, I, I think that favors them. So I, I push it up that way because of that. Fair. Um, how confident are you that the Reds are heading in the right direction in the next five years? One to five. I'd still stick with the three. Yeah. I think the, the five-year trend is I would be more confident this year than maybe five years from now, but I think they are on a trajectory that is improving and, and better. So. Yeah, that's where I'd go. I, I like what they've done inside of, you know, organizing their system, the the real, like, front of the frontier of trying to be in front of the analytics world. It's all great. The farm system being down is is a, is a concern that bumps it down to three for me uh, from the four that I have them out right now. Uh, how confident are you the Reds are heading the right direction in the next ten years? I, I See, that's where I think – where you are in those, those, um, things that you brought up just a second ago, I would give it a three again, because again, I'm going right down the middle. Um, it seems, but like, I think some of the things you talked about organizationally and structurally make it closer to the four than just a straight three. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could, I could see that, but it's also non, it's also unproven. Um, mm-hmm. that this, that this collection of new, I mean, there's a lot of new faces coming in trying to put this in. So we don't know if it's going to work or not. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle on that one too. How would you rate the off season job done by the Reds front office? Oh, either a four or a five. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I'd put it, I, I would put it at a, like a 4.5. Uh, yeah. 
just for the fact in that you know that last deal, what you felt like they were in conversations about never got done, whether you know Lindor or whatever you're talking about there. Um, that that I last never had piece. expectations of that. So well, I think I if you were looking, if you were looking to totally turn it to being okay, they are a clear contender to win the pennant. You know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, I just th- didn't know that, that type exists. of thing. Yeah, maybe maybe it didn't. Maybe I mean, that's the difference between like a fan and looking at it from the outside. It's like, shoot, I mean, how much did they do already? And like, can you get Lindor? No, I, I just didn't. I didn't expect the Indians to make that move. So, right. And if or did, uh, or a Corey Seager, or, or, or it was going to have to be over. Well, Corey Seager was going to depend on on Lindor. Right. I mean, there's no reason to trade Corey Seager unless you have Lindor. Right. That's why it's at 4.5 because that one piece never fell their way. Not that that's their fault. I'm just saying that you, or you never got that last piece. So I'm not going to go all the way to the five, but it's always great. I'm all the way up here at four and a half, you know, that's, that's 94. Good. So far, 94.2% give it either a four or five. Yeah. No. And I think that's deserved. And it starts from Bob Castellini. I mean, you know, it, when you got Most the money, when, when, when you got the money to spend, it always feels good and it always looks better when you, you know, it's, it, because we, we, we'll debate how it was spent and if it was spent correctly later. But, I mean, uh, spending it was really the, most of the battle. Um, how would you describe the state of the Cincinnati Reds? Here's the word I would use. Most of these are one word. I would go invested. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good – that's that's a good word. Uh, I ha- I think mine is connected similarly uh, it's also two words, uh, sort of time sensitive. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there's so much in the now and we don't know much about what's going to come later because of where their farm system is at and they've got to kind of restock that and get more a little bit. So, uh, I, you know, I'm saying that I feel like the now is the time. So I'm kind of focused on that element of where the state of them is. Yeah. Uh, what are your realistic expectations for the 2020 Cincinnati Reds? I would say contend for the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think it's realistic. I would say realistic to make the playoffs. I think that's a realistic hope. Yeah. I don't know if it's a real, I mean, because expectation is to me, that word means a bare minimum. Yeah. And I think it's just as realistic of them not making the playoffs, but contending than to, than to, than to make the playoffs. I think yeah. it's a coin flip in this division. And that's a hey, being in the mix from where they were is, is certainly something they, they just, they've put so much money into it. They've got the rotation, which is so much of the battle. I, I think expectations, well, they'll tell you their expectations, you know, of course, they'll tell you their expectations are to, to, to win the World Series, but, yes. um, every, every team, As they should be. Will, every team player will say that. I, I think it's, For I the think most part. I would say it's fair to make, may say make the playoffs. I, I think that's fair. For what they, now I'm not looking at as much as expectations meaning bottom line. I'm saying it's, that's, if you told me today, they made the playoffs. I, I would say that's that sounds about that sounds about right. You know, I, I feel like I feel like that's a mix that they should that they would be in. Now, part of that, that's like we're splitting hairs between contend and make. It's you know we're talking about a matter of a couple of wins. Yeah, it's um, 
Will the Reds win a World Series in the 2020s? I would say no just because, well, math tells you. Yeah. <laughs> the odds are against you. The odds are against you. And I, I mean, and, and honestly, any team other than maybe the Yankees or Dodgers, I would say that. Right. These teams at the top of the payroll are, are you're going to probably have a good chance at it. But and, and the Dodgers, I would have said that in the 2000s, the 2010s. Yeah. And I would have been wrong. They haven't won since 1988. It, yeah, exactly, which is insane. Um, yeah, I, I would say no, too, on this for the same reason. I just, just based on math and a lot of the reasons we're talking about. I mean, if you're, who knows? To predict the future, who knows? But you know that they're, they're never going to be spending at the same level as some of these other teams. And like we said earlier, they're unproven as being, this current setup is going to be some sort of revolution that's totally unproven. We don't we don't know anything about the, how good they're going to be in that, in that regard. Um, who will be the Reds' next NL MVP? I would go with none of the above. Just again, math. Yeah, I don't. Winning the MVP is that is very hard to do, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I think we've probably seen a Eugenio Suarez's best year. Um, mm-hmm. just saw it. And, you know, we've clearly I've already seen Joey Vados, Nick Senzel. I don't know that he's going to be an MVP level guy. Those other guys, I don't, you know, we've seen a lot of the best of there. I, I think none of I'm with you. None of the above for me. Will a Reds pitcher win the Cy Young in the 2020s? I know based on math again. Yeah. That's me. I like, I mean, I like some of their, I, you know, you love the idea of, Hunter Green, you love the idea of Luis Castillo taking the next step. I mean, I think there's pro- there's certainly more potential in that one hitting than the MVP one hitting. I think. Yeah, and and again, kind of math saying they've got to at some point, right? <laughs> not necessarily this decade. Not necessarily you, this decade, though. Not necessarily this decade, and that's the question. Who, and then, so who then will the next be the, one? Who will be the Reds' first ever Cy Young winner? Is the next question. Other than. You have Castillo, Gray, Bauer, Green, Lodolo, and other. You're going other? Yeah. I mean, because, again, math. Yeah. I'm a bad person to play this game with. You are. And I understand. You, want, you went out of every question. Audience. <laughs> I'm not the target I, audience. Because I know what I think, and that's why, like, I I made some of these so that, like, they I would answer them the least interestingly. But I want to know people who don't think like me what they think. I think Luis Castillo, uh, be, I still think, I still think there's an ascendant nature to his career arc right now. I, I think that we can, that he has another level and his another level can be the type so, that can win but Cy Young. What was your, what was your pick for last year? For the last question, would there be one or not in the 2020s? No. No. So you think Luis Castillo wins it in 2020? Well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You caught me. I, that's, that's fine. But I, I was sort of thinking along of, yeah, I was just kind of trying to pick between those guys. I, I, I think that he has, of all those guys, I like Castillo over all of them. But yeah. Okay. Fine. I'd actually have to switch my other one to yes. And then I will say Castillo as, as the one. That's fine. Get lawyered. You get enough it's of that just, at home. It's just, you know what? I'm just trying to play along. You said you wanted somebody who wants to think differently. I just, well, I would like logic, but you know. 
It's fair. I, it's I lawyered fair. you. You have enough of that, I know. I'm it's sorry. Totally unnecessary. It's totally unnecessary. You get this all the time. I get prosecuted. Uh, <laughs> who who would be your pick for opening day starter in 2020? I'm surprised by this one. And not I mean, the to- answer, what I'm looking at. Like, I'm looking again at the um, thing. It's overwhelming, Luis Castillo. Really? Um, although, yeah. I had Sonny Gray. There you go. Yeah, I would probably, I would do it for this reason only. I think it means more to Luis, and I saw what it meant to him last year. Although I, I, I can't say it wouldn't to Sonny, but I think it bolstered Luis Castillo last year. Um, and I don't know if Sonny cares as much. He might. Um, I haven't asked him. Um, but I just, it's one of those kind of silly things that I think it meant more to Luis. It, I just remember last year talking to him when he was named and then after that game, what it meant to him and how that helped bolster him. So that is my idea for Luis Castillo, but I'm surprised that 73.9% of people said Luis Castillo. I thought a little bit more would give Sonny Gray. It's funny you said that because when I talked to Luis, when I was down in spring training, he did mention that, that he had a few goals for the year and it was, it was to be the opening day starter to, to make the all-star game and to win the Cy Young. And he said he got two out of three last year and he's going to try to get three out of three this year. Like that's, that's one of his three things, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of, so often I talk about, I think I, I wrote something about this for a long time ago for baseball prospectus about what does a manager do? And I always, I always say like what we see is probably anywhere from 10 to 20% of the job. Even, even the sports writers, even the people who are in the clubhouse every day. I think yeah. what we see is that much. And that other 80% includes a guy like Luis Castillo and naming him the opening day starter and what that can mean for him and his whole season. And totally that's, agree. that's a huge part of a manager's job is as much if not more than you know when he pulls Luis Castillo on opening day. Yeah, no you're you're exactly right. I mean it's like it's like any manager in any office job. It's not, you know, who you pick to do what job. It's it's how they are at being a sounding board, at motivating, at at, you know, keeping everybody happy for different reasons, understanding what makes everybody tick. Like that's, that's what makes your manager at your office job good or bad. And, and it's not necessarily, you know, critiquing the specifics on how you do your job. You know, it's not coming in and, and edit how they edit your work necessarily. It's, it's how they deal with you when you're struggling with your ideas or a story or whatever, like for us. And that's why I hate my boss, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. That's why he's the worst. That's why he's the worst. <laughs> I know he listens, so I wanted to make sure I got that in. Uh, oh, I, I didn't know he listened. That's why I said I said that. No, he's the best. Uh, who Who is your current favorite Reds player? I don't know if you care oh, to share your favorite. Wait, no, no, no. You skipped the um, Reds opening day starter in 2022. Oh, yeah. It looked the same. Oh, yeah, 2022. I, I have Castillo for that one. Yeah, I think that's fair. I threw it in just to be close enough to like it, that Hunter Green excitement, mm-hmm. and he's number yeah, the two Hunter Green, so far. The Hunter Green variable, man, it's just a giant question mark hanging over the the next generation of the Reds. You know, if that yeah. will come to fruition or not. Um, I think twenty twenty two is is really 
too soon, but I just kind of threw it out there as a, just to see. Yeah. Well, no, cause then you're still in Luis Castillo prime zone uh-huh. and Sonny's still here. Yeah. I like that. Uh, who's your current favorite Reds player if you choose to answer that? Um, well, I mean, I've written a ton with Joey Votto. He makes my job easy. Uh, Tucker Barnhart makes my job easy. Kirk, I, I, yeah, there's, I have too many. Like, I can't answer that. I would say from, in, from a more of an outsider perspective than you, obviously. Um, Joey Votto, it's hard not to. He's just the most interesting. He's hysterical. You know, he um, is funny. He, it, whenever, you know, whenever he turns it on, um, which is whenever he chooses to, um, it's, it's epic. I mean, it's as good as any, he, he, there's, there's athlete funny and then there's like real, real funny. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, like a lot of times we laugh at athlete funny because in the time and complex context, it's funny. Yeah. It's like the guy, the guy in your office who tells jokes and makes you laugh when you're hanging out in the office. But like, if he was doing stand up, you would be bored to tears uh, right. and you would be like booing him off the stage. It's the same thing. It's the same thing here. But Joey Votto is like real funny. Like I would love to see him do stand up if he, if he, cause he'd put an act together that would be very regimented and I'd be, I'd enjoy it. Like even if just for the Canadian bits, it would, it would just uh, take the, take the laugh if they were, if they were coming and if there were no laughs yeah, coming, you gotta, know, you gotta know when to take, when to take the laugh, when not to. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, I'm, and that would probably be part of his routine. Uh, but anyway, I, I just, I find him fascinating on top of being generally hysterical and just his approach to the game. And, uh, I, you know, it's hard for me not to have him as a, a favorite. Who's your all time favorite Reds player? Mine is Barry Larkin. I grew up here. Like I'm a Cincinnati kid. Yeah. I went to Moeller. Like I played shortstop in war number 11, my little league. Like he right. hit me in a sweet spot. I was 10 when he was the, when, you know, doing his thing. So. And in in what year were you born? 1980. Yeah, so you were 10 when they won the World Series. I always say that. I was yes. born in 1985. I was – or 75. I was 10 when the Royals won the World Series. So I was just about to yeah. turn 10. Same thing. Your prime, prime sports impressionable years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, five. I always wore five. I played I played uh, third base as long as I could. I batted left-handed because I am left-handed. Um, yeah, yeah, same thing, same thing. Um, so – for me, I did not grow up a Reds fan, but again, like when I was five, when I was 10, 11, 12, I loved Eric Davis. Um, I thought he was Superman. There was nothing that guy couldn't do. And the stats bear that out. Like 1986, 87, 88, Eric Davis. Holy moly. Um, the dude was amazing. And then like, I still kind of catch myself. I know Eric Davis now. I've talked to Eric Davis. Eric Davis will see me and ask me what's up and we'll talk and same with Barry Larkin. And it just still kind of blows my mind. But like to me, every time I see Eric Davis, I'm still like, that's Eric Davis. <laughs> Cause he's st- he still looks like 1987 Eric Davis as part he of He could probably wear the same uniform. Yeah. <laughs> Until no he takes off his hat, he looks the exact same. Right. Yeah. Uh, how many games do you watch in person a year? You can 21 or more, Trent, on that one? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how many other stadiums outside of Cincinnati have you visit for a big league game? 21 or more again for you. Do, how do about you? you? Want to go in, do you want to go into the favorite and least favorite re- broadcasters? No, we can just say. Uh, do Here's you want what the list just... is. 
here's the list. The list is for who your favorite current Reds broadcaster is. Uh, Brantley, Tommy Thrall, Tom Brenneman, Chris Welsh, Jim Day. I would expect Cowboy to win that overwhelmingly. He's insanely popular. Uh, who's your least favorite current Reds broadcaster? Jeff Brantley, Tommy Thrall, Tom Brenneman, Chris Welsh, Jim Day. Which Reds I'm honestly prospect- not fair, not sure if it was fair for me to put that in there, but you know, it's, Still interesting. It's you know what it's 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 one that people want to see, want to gauge. Yeah. yeah. Um, which Reds prospect are you most excited about? Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Tyler Stevenson, Jose Garcia, Jonathan India, other. Mine's Garcia. Maybe yeah. just because I don't know him as well, and I've seen him a little bit, and I don't know. Um, Barry was really high on him, and that always means something to me. Yeah, I after seeing the little bit of Garcia that I saw, I get it, and that comes up. But I just think the potential of what Hunter Green could mean to this organization if he made good mm-hmm. on the hype, like to me, makes him the most exciting. It doesn't mean that it will. That I think he has the best chance of panning out or whatever, but I think his potential as a as a real figure and a real game changer, um, to me is where the if we're talking about excitement, I think that's yep. where that comes from. All right, let's Just, let's get. Can we get into the important yep. stuff now? Yes. All right. No, this one, I'm really disappointed in the results so far. I mean, I, there's only one. I shouldn't only say there's one. only one. I, I shouldn't say there's only one. But who is your favorite? Which is your favorite Reds mascot? Rosie, Mister Red, Mister Redlegs, Gapper. How many votes does well, Gapper can... have? Uh, he is in third place. He's not last. No, come on. Who's voting yeah. for this? That's Who's what I'm voting. Gap because my my bias is shown in the order. Your bias is shown in the order. Are you say yes. Rosie? Hell yeah! Oh, Love me some what? Rosie Red. She's uh, you know best. I. You, you, there's that's a fact. I mean, Rose Rosie Red is. Is so solid and and very unique. You don't see as many uh, people, you know, there no not as many female mascots out there. So I I, I appreciate that. I, I love the way she carries herself. She's a strong mascot. She plays the character as well as any I've seen. Yes, not too flirty, she, but but she embraces no. her flirtiness a little bit. I mean, she's got a little. She has some femininity to her game. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah and like absolutely, and I I just think like the performance is there. So there you go, <laughs> the performance is there. Yeah, but she's not she's not a floozy. I've heard that th- that term thrown around before. No, I will fight somebody for that. <laughs> not a floozy at all. No, uh, but I, Mr. Redlegs for me, it's Mr. Redlegs. I, I do like Mr. Redlegs. The old school. I mean, if you're the Reds, you're the first team. You're about your history. You're about the mustache. You're about that age. That the way the organization has to own that is to me the centerpiece of what makes them unique, and that's what makes Mr. Redlegs great. Redlegs for me, number one. It's number two for me, but yes, that's fair. And that's that's fine. I understand where you're coming from with 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 Rosie. I I do. Which Reds hat do you like the best? Oh, the uh, the masses are with me on this one. They are. Yeah, I want to hear you. I like the home. That's fine. It may, it may not be. I just like the solid, the solid straight home hat. 
It's maybe it's bland. No, but. see, yours is. I go the classic, the white wishbone C with the no black uh, drop shadow. I don't like the okay. black on there. I like just the classic white C. The majority agree with me. Well, that's good. I'm glad they do. That is good. <laughs> Should the Reds have a throwback uniform as part of their regular rotation? Yeah. That's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But I was kind of like, you? I don't know if I asked it right. Like, you know, like the um, Brewers used to do like every Friday they did the um, the 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 ball and glove logo. That's now their primary logo. And then the Pirates every Sunday do the weird uh, garish ones that we got to see that, that brought us the great Yasiel Puig in Pittsburgh picture. Um, the yellow when you have the big striking yellow and re- on red. Um, so yeah, so I, I think so. Um, which one would you choose? So I liked so many of them. Uh, it's really hard. It's, it was, it was really hard. Um, but honestly, cause you know, I liked the red pants from 36. Um, they were great. So I much better the, on the field than, yeah, than absolutely. I liked the sleeveless 56s mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you know, I'm partial personally for reasons we've talked about to the 90, uh, oh, yeah. reds. But here's one thing. It goes into two things I've talked about, uh, that I, that I really care about. The history, right? I'm all yeah. about owning the, your early history. And I love a uniform with collars. So. Oh yeah. 1902. With the collars and the pocket and the button down, like everything about it is says old timey baseball. And I think when you are the first team and you're looking for another jersey and you've got that at your disposal, uh, I love the old timey collared nature of that. To, if you're going to sprinkle something, in, I'm not talking about all the time, but you know, whatever we talk, what are we talking about here? Like three, four games a year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this. I think you're right on. However, again, this is me being practical and whatever. No way the players go for it. Players union would step in. They because they're too those. thick and heavy and. Yeah. And they feel like they, like just, they weren't comfortable in them. Um, so my practical one is, is probably like that 56. You go sleeveless. Um, that one was. Was that, that was the, the one where was that the one where everybody went without the uh shirt like yeah. Dietrich and Lorenzen and yeah that was pretty solid yeah. the guys were playing it I up mean, like that I think because I don't like the sleeveless or the pinstripe usually but it is a big part of this team's history so I kind of like it thrown in there as a throwback to be like oh yeah you can see these occasionally but not all the time that's fair. That's, Could they possibly reconstruct an easier to handle version of the 1902s? Like, I don't could know, we man. just? I think I think that that's when you start losing it, though, where it becomes yeah. less because those 1902s were just amazing. All I I don't know. I just thought they were all so great and so well done. Yeah. Um, like the blue ones, I thought, oh, those are terrible. But then on the field, oh, they were gorgeous. Yeah. You know, the all blue. So yeah, I, I don't no, know. I, I, I would agree. Every single time they went out there, I, there was always such a positive reaction. Man, these look great. So I, 
I would every single with, time. I'd be fine with still dropping, you know, picking half of them, and just once a year you drop oh, yeah. one of the five or six in there. Just, just uh, you do that every year. Why not? And yeah, look at I the mean, way NBA does. NBA has like eighteen jerseys that they rotate around their eighty games. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with that, especially when you're, you're is, playing that many games anyway. The problem is Tanner Roark is in in Toronto, and he just looked so. Like he looked like a throwback player in each one of those, especially the early ones. Yeah. Anything before World War Two, like Tanner Roark, they're comfortable. Uh, okay. So we got pinstripes, sleeveless. We talked about those. Favorite what ballpark? You know to- to- what? Oh no, you got something else. I was just gonna say, where do you stand on those? I, I'm pro pinstripes. I really like, I would say I'm more pro sleeveless than I am pinstripes. I'm, I, I kind of could go either way on pinstripes. Like, so maybe I'm a no, but I, I'm just sort of meh on pinstripes. Sleeveless, about, I definitely like. What about, uh, what would you want the Reds to do about their uniforms? Stay the same, change completely, or return to a previous design? Uh, I would want them to just, I, I'd want to stay the same as what they have right now. Yeah, I think they're fine. Especially yeah, they're fine now. Took, uh, I stay the same and and do what we're talking about. Sprinkle in some of these old school ones to keep it to keep it fresh. But I like the solid. I like what they're currently at. I have no problem with they're currently at. Agreed. Um, All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Favorite ballpark: tubed meat, hot dog, cheese coney, big red smoky, hot met, bratwurst, other. I'm a hot met guy, man. Okay. All right. I like a hot met. I think it's good. It's local. You don't get it anywhere else. I mean, the bratwurst, you might as well be in Milwaukee or Chicago. Yeah. Give me a hot met. Or the Big Red Smokey's pretty solid. Mm, that's all I think about going back to Riverfront Stadium days. Uh, uh, is that I will a say good this. or a bad reaction? I, I can't read that. No, that is um that was from a famous um, – Basically, commercial oh. shown on the old school jumbotron back in Riverfront Stadium. Gotcha. You're not a hot dog. You're a big red smoky. Okay. Anyway, nice. so uh, no, I am very partial to this answer, and that because it also answers my answers the next question, which what is your favorite food option at GABP, and. This, it's almost not fair that this is at GABP, but it's just, that's the, it's the one that I have. It, it, there is nothing to me that tastes better than a bratwurst with sauerkraut at like during a day baseball game on a Saturday. Like 4.10. So I'm eating this thing at like, you know, five. Nice big bratwurst with sauerkraut on it on a nice summer day. Like that is it nothing tastes better than that. It's just that's what baseball is supposed to taste like for me. So I now I'm sort of taking the GABP element out of it, but the one they have there and the setup they have for it is very good. So I'm like that's what I get. When I when I'm out there, I'm getting the bratwurst, I'm putting the sauerkraut on it, I'm standing on the right field deck, and it's heaven on earth. All right. That's so it. that's so what's your, your answer for So what's your food favorite options? food option at GBP? Uh, I do not experience GBP like other people. My, that's true. My serious answer, and this will sound silly to anybody, is in the media dining room, <laughs> the crushed ice machine. 
<laughs> they have the best ice. Great ice. Great ice. It's Certainly like the precious ice. But it's <laughs> it's the ice. Yeah. Um I also like I didn't eat at uh I probably I had the salad bar a couple times this past year and uh I spent I drink a lot of water. So this is what's important to me. I had most of what I consumed at the Great American Ballpark last year was ice water. I like that. I like that. Um, how would you rate the game day experience at GBP one to five? I, I, I have experienced the game day experience often, uh, from outside of the, uh, media room. So I, I would say, I think they're as good at making the game day experience great. Um, as any place that I've been to now, it's when, you know, it's like, and you've been to a lot. I've been to a lot, but it's different when you go to your home park, there's comfort there. You know what everything is. You, you know what they right. offer. You know, some of the best amenities, you know, the way to make it work for you. Um, so it is different and there's a bias there, but I've seen a lot of places where, you know, a great thing that was said to me about Wrigley field. And I know Trent, you would probably agree with this is it's a great park to visit and you, the worst place to have be your home park. Mm-hmm. You want you want your home park to be a place that does make it easy on you when you're there on for the 25th time that year or however many times you go to a game. And GABP I think does that so well. They have done such a great job of assuring that that every year are trying to find ways to no matter what your demographic, whether you are a literally one or less or you are 10 or you are a expectant mother or have kids or or a millennial drinker or whatever you're you are or older or whatever it is there is stuff specifically set up for you and that they put a ton of time effort energy and money into in every somewhere in the ballpark and i've always loved that where there really is a thinking about everybody in every situation element to GABP. And, and I, I, I just think those, those touches show up a lot. And I think that's what makes it to me a great everyday park. Uh, so I would, I would probably give it a five, but that's sort of my big soapbox on why I, why I think that. Yeah. I, I don't feel qualified to answer. Um, yeah. I will say that, um, my wife, Every time she goes, she comments about the ushers and how much she loves the ushers. Oh, they're so, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And it's incredibly, they're, they're great. They're helpful. They're, they're fun. Like, you know what I mean? It's just that, that, that attitude permeates, I think, everywhere. Um, what would you change about the game day experience at JVP? I don't feel comfortable. I, um, I no, you know, yeah, I don't know. It, to say what I, what I would change, I mean, I I think I I don't really have a whole lot of qualms. I I would probably try to make it easier to you know when that when there's crowded games, they really have trouble getting people. That was mentioned a lot quickly with the metal yeah. detectors. Yeah, that's that's also, an issue. Um, once you're someone in, was saying uh, craft beer more throughout the the stadium as opposed to just general spots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the complaints. Yeah, well, that and that's a problem. The craft beer bar, the long one, which is impressive, it 
it is like the the one main spot there for the local stuff. So it backs up and blocks the entire walkway there because that's people are going to that one place to get it. But you know, you're I would I would agree I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, but for the most part I have there's I don't have a whole lot of qualms uh with it. That's the survey. Yeah. We completed it. So again, if you if you listen to this, please go on and and fill it out. You know, I think it's going to be really helpful. I'm, it's going to be fun to see, uh, you know, what becomes of it. How it may maybe could even be helpful to um, whether to the Reds or just to fans themselves or whatever. Yeah. So um, yeah, you can visit that on the Athletic. I know you said you had a little trouble filling it out um, on mobile. Uh, use, use the, the Google, Google Doc. Doc is probably yeah. the easiest way to do it. Is click. Click on the link and use the doc. That's the that's probably the easiest way to make sure it, it works for you. Yes, very much so. Um, all right, so that's that's that. We of course uh, on we'll continue bringing you WARP in Cincinnati, uh, even though the we're all on hiatus for the games actually starting. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep up some, coming up with stuff like this, other fun ideas, uh, plenty plenty more coming your way uh, as we continue to do our our weekly pods. Try to be here for you. Try to be a distraction. We didn't offer our disclaimer at the very front, so I make sure we do it now. Everything that's happening in the world is much more important and more serious than what we're talking about here. We try to be a distraction for you, at least for a little bit. So hopefully we were. Uh, and hopefully before long, we'll be everyone will be back in the ballpark and talking about these things once again. So. All right, Trent, have a good one. Stay safe out there, you and yours. Everybody else, do the same. We'll talk to you next time on... W-A-R-P in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm.